Hello, you sexy podcast listener. What you are about to hear contains spoilers and some very naughty language from two naughty boys. Please listen responsibly or end up like Mr. Takagi. It's time for Beer Me a Movie. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And this is the show where we eat pieces of shit like our guest Sean from the Experience Grind podcast for breakfast. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast? I'd eat you for breakfast, bud. I love you. You probably taste delicious. You have no meat on you. That's an issue, but you're a healthy boy. Lean meat. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, I'm very heart healthy. I got to go to the doctor and like get like a cholesterol test apparently that's not good right mm, just means you're getting old specifically ordered by another doctor well she said uh, hey you don't look good i went that's not nice this is over the phone <laughs> <laughs> i think you're allowed to say that to me sean you no. picked this movie for us you you found the loophole of how to get on this show yeah i did i just tweeted at you guys and i was like how does this work i want you to watch this and then it happened yeah, that was really all it took. Yeah. yeah. We never said it was difficult. It's like I say at the end of every episode, you know, contact us on social media or send us an email. <laughs> it's not just Brian closing out the episode, folks. We're giving you instructions. Telling you how to do it, how it's done. And this dumbass was smart enough to follow them. If I can do it, so can other people. It's true. That's a very good point. It's a very low bar. Sean, why don't you tell everybody listening as if they didn't know, because they have eyeballs and probably read what's written in front of them and seen the art and everything. Why don't you tell everybody what you've beard us? I feel like it's already been said a couple of times, but that's okay. I'm going to pretend like the listeners are stupid, because nine times out of ten, they are, and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Hey, hey, hey! On our show, it's like eight out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you guys are sophisticated or something. Damn. Go easy on our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) They're very sensitive. Uh, I have beard you guys the Adam Sandler classic, Happy Gilmore. Well, okay, classic, maybe that's up for debate. I don't know. I'm not you guys. But I beard you guys Happy Gilmore. What makes something a classic? I don't know. I guess it's in the eye of the beholder, I guess. Something like that. I guess, because like... When I was typing up the recording post for this thing, I typed in comedy classic. Nice. And then I erased it because I was like, is it? Is it? And in my head, it was. That's all that should matter. You know what? It's over 20 years old, and it's still enjoyable, so I say yes, comedy classic. Sold! (laughs) We're good? We did it? That's the episode. We did it. We nailed it? All right. (laughs) Thanks, Sean. See you guys next time. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to ask you guys to have seen this before because you obviously have, but how many times conservatively would you say you've seen this? (sighs) 50-ish? Yeah, that's <laughs> right, I'd say. I, I would say, and there are always movies that people are like, I've seen that like a hundred times. This is probably the movie that I have come closest to actually having seen a hundred times. But realistically, I'd put it between 50 and 75. Somewhere in there, you know, maybe I haven't sat down and just viewed it like in one sitting sure that many times but it's been on i've put it on on loop through a day it's up there this one is one of those those 
MTV Comedy Central syndication classics that yeah, it just is. it was always on. So you just you've seen at least parts of it a hundred times. Easy. I think I messaged you boys earlier in the day and said this is this is the first DVD I actually owned. Like m- me, and I still own that copy. And so, like, a lot of times when we had a DVD player or had one downstairs, like, I would just have it in and we'd be doing something like playing pool or something like that. And when it ended, we just started over again because it just it doesn't get old. You know, even now, it doesn't get old. Yeah. Adam Sandler, like in this time period, just knocked it out of the park repeatedly. Yeah. And we're going to get there. We are going to get there. and, And I'm very excited to get there. Mostly, I'm excited that this is our our first repeat director on the new show. This is the already f- our our second time talking about Dennis Dugan. What else did he do? Jack and Jill. <laughs> okay. Well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you have your goods and you have your bats. Oh man, you know what? He's allowed to do whatever he wants if you gave us Happy Gilmore first. In all fairness, <laughs> that warms my heart to hear. <laughs> Cinematic classic, comedy classic, Jack and Jill. <laughs> uh, you boys want to just get into it? I'm, I'm here for that. That's why I'm here. So we start off with story motivation, which we pulled directly from the Wikipedia synopsis, and it goes as follows. Happy Gilmore, Adam fucking Sandler, is a short-tempered, unsuccessful ice hockey player whose only skills are fighting and a powerful slap shot he learned from his late father. What a setup, man. What a setup. <laughs> they don't really mention that he killed his father with his with his slap shot, but he didn't kill his father. He didn't own kill father. his father? Are we are, Did you watch this movie? I've seen this movie so many times. Is that not how it happens? They were at an they were ice at a game. hockey game. They're enjoying some daddy sun time and then it just became sun time. Yeah, I don't he know. Got sh- struck by an errant hockey puck. Uh, yeah, I always thought that it was it was from the slap shot from from Adam Sandler, but I guess that- I am incorrect. That was a grown-ass man that hit that, so it would have been super awkward if grown-up Happy Gilmore tra- traveled through time, smoked his dad, and then young Happy Gilmore had to grow up without his dad. Different movie. Very different movie. That's right yeah. there. You know what? Like Headcanon. Chris Nolan bullshit. There right it there. is. Yeah. <laughs> and Happy Gilmore 2, it's going to be about how he has to go back in time to, you know, To block the shot? Patricide. That wasn't anywhere close to the, the net, by the way. Not even a little <laughs> no, bit close. No, not at all. I, I, love, I love how in that shot, it's like head on. Like they are <laughs> on like the side of the ice. So I don't know what that dude was shooting at, but man, <laughs> that was not an accident. That actually should have been investigated for murder. That puck comes right towards your face and you just, then, you, then you're not here anymore. How'd your dad die, son? The puck hit him right in the camera. Wait, what? Now I got to go live with grandma. <laughs> Why are we Batmaning this? I don't know. It feels right. Like a dead parent. It's only appropriate that you put a hockey stick in that boy's hand for vengeance. I am wearing hockey pads. <laughs> Honestly, if this was a superhero movie, he already would have one point for, for the parents thing. Whatever happened to his mom? Do we ever know that at all? Yeah, or she moved yeah, to she, Egypt. She moved to Egypt. Oh, that's right. She hated hockey so much. That she went to where there was oh, no ice rinks. There is so much setup for this movie. It's not even funny. This is a great movie. (laughs) Happy Gilmore became the thing that his mother hated the most. A hockey baller. (laughs) A golf ball uh, whacker dude. He bounced the the ball so hard on the ice to put it in the net. 
Two points. Gotta love hockey ball. Scoring all the touchdowns. He's eating up. (laughs) (laughs) After yet another failed tryout, Happy learns that his grandmother, played by Francis fucking Bay, owes the IRS $270,000 in back taxes. She has 90 days to pay off the debt or face foreclosure on her house. Quick question. That's $270,000 in 10 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did she accrue that much? That woman is not working. She's like, uh, what happened here? Maybe I'm not an expert on that kind of thing, obviously, but that is a lot of fucking money. Closest I can get to it is property tax. Yeah. Okay. That checks out. I didn't even think about that. And that is a nice house, even for 1996, question mark? It yeah. is 1996, but is this supposed to be Connecticut? Well, I they do say it's Westbrook, Waterbury. 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 Is that Connecticut? Oh, yeah. Okay. In which case, she's got a good deal if she only paid $270,000 in 10 years. <laughs> is that rich Connecticut? <laughs> Waterbury? The part she's in? Look at that house. It's a gorgeous house. <laughs> the part Typical of Waterbury, Waterbury though. That has no. houses like that, yes. The rest of Waterbury, not so much. The weirdest thing about Waterbury, Connecticut, is that there's an abandoned amusement park there, and it's called Holy Land USA. <laughs> and it's weird as shit, because if you drive like down the highway, you'll still see the lit-up cross on the hill. Yep. It's still lit it's up. very strange. People like go up there, and they're like, oh, we're going to do like a mass on the hill. It's like, you're literally praying to an amusement park statue at this point. Like, you are aware of that. Well, it's a Christian amusement park. That doesn't make it any less amusement parky. It's like if you go up there and just like, I'm going to fucking pray to the ring toss or something. Look, I think he was just saying that Christians are dumb. (laughs) Whoa, don't put words in my mouth. What I was saying was that if Jesus had funnel cakes, maybe I'd be more into the idea. What he was saying is that if Jesus was actually real and had funnel cakes, then he'd have a better idea. You know what? He doesn't even need to be real. Just have funnel cakes. Just funnel cakes. I'll consider it. Have funnel cakes and I will call you Jesus. It's just the guy who cuts the grass named Jesus who has funnel cakes. <laughs> has funnel cakes. It's like, oh, this is your body? This is delicious. Unbelievable. I can't believe I'm eating you. Ecuadorian? Delicious. I feel ethnic. <laughs> I thought it was going to be churros. Do you think zombies like care about ethnicity when they're eating people? You know, this feels like dangerous territory. It's extremely dangerous territory. <laughs> but like, all right, I'll reword the question. Do you think racism carries over into being a zombie? I feel like IBS might. And therefore, yes. You're expecting me, <laughs> Zombie Dave, to just like finish a meal and just be like, I'll be right back. <laughs> I need to go shit. Because that would absolutely happen like five minutes after Zombie Dave just knows certain people are a little spicier. That's fair. Don't eat a Sean. Got that lean meat, though. We went over that already. Heart health, spicy boy. Heart health, spicy boy. Pick your poison. That's Taco Bell, more or less. I I just risk it whenever I go there. Very worth it. Absolutely. Happy sends his grandmother to live in a retirement home where its residents are secretly mistreated until he can pay the debt. Secretly mistreated, by the way, by Ben fucking Stiller. Hal. (laughs) Hal. Hal is amazing. They wanted to give this role, or Adam Sandler wanted to give this role to Rob Schneider. I am so glad that Rob Schneider's not in this movie. And Rob Schneider said, no, you got to stop hiring your friends for everything and get real actors. 
For that role? Of all things, that's where he like, drew the all, line. Of all the roles, Rob Schneider was like, man, get real actors so you can get bigger, so I can get bigger paychecks when you get better movies. So he turned down this one and then immediately saw... How, actually, I don't even know how well this movie did, but saw a lot of people talking about it and then was like, listen, I missed the boat on that. I'm going to be in every one of your movies from this point forward. <laughs> I f- I'm sorry that I said no to Happy Gilmore. Can you give me a Deuce Bigelow? <laughs> Rob Schneider making bad choices in his life? No. Nah, that's not, that no, that's not right. Two of the movers repossessing Happy's grandmother's furniture challenge him to a long drive contest using his grandfather's old golf clubs. Can I tell you, this is the first time I recognized that one of them was Will Sasso. <laughs> Will Sasso. Same. Dead serious. Secretly everywhere in the 90s. Yes, he was. <laughs> I was watching this today, and so I had watched this, you know, I, I watched this a couple times a year, but last time I, like, watched it and actually really paid attention was probably when Mitch and I talked about it a couple of years ago on Nerdy Thursday, and I can't remember if I made the connection then or not, but I made the very conscious dis- uh, connection today while watching it that... I was like, holy shit, is that Will Sasso? Yeah, that's Will Sasso. 100%. Samesies. Also, it, they didn't challenge him to a long drive thing. He wanted them to get back to work. They right. didn't. He just said, I'll hit the ball real far. They said, pass like a tree. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, if you hit the ball farther than I did, we'll get back to work. So it was kind of like a long drive contest of sorts. They hit it like three feet. <laughs> that is a low bar for a long drive Super contest. low. <laughs> but then the other one was like, hey, if you can do it again, I'll give you 20 bucks. If you can do it a third time, I'll double or nothing. Well, let me ask you this, because Jeff Miners wrote in, he asked a question. He says, we've all done the Happy Gilmore swing. What's mm-hmm. the farthest you ever hit the ball? Not as far as Will Sasso did. <laughs> is it so i saw that question pop up on the facebook um is that specifically while using that swing i think so probably 40 feet like in the backyard like brian knows the distance from like the pool into the woods probably 60 feet maybe that sounds about right yeah yeah i bet you i could swing it and hit it over them that them their mountains that them mountains <laughs> <laughs> All right, Uncle Rico. I've probably gone like 100, 150 yards doing it, but not straight by any means. Oh, yeah. No, you lose. Like, just completely wild. Any kind of aim doing that. With an unorthodox slap shot style swing, Happy hits a ball some 400 yards, winning $40 from the movers. He starts hustling golfers at a driving range, and he meets Derek Chubbs Peterson, played by Carl fucking Weathers. He's a former professional golf tour star, who lost a hand in an alligator attack. Just layers upon layers of, you know, character development everywhere. Everywhere you see it, everybody's got a story. (laughs) An alligator attack. Amazing. Why did he stop playing golf? I understand that he lost a hand. I understand that. Okay. But as Chubb says, it's all in the hips. It is all in the hips. So I have you guys seen the videos of some of the people that can, uh, like, golf with one arm? It's insane oh it's nuts oh, they like have that weird crazy. whippy motion yes Love it. it's crazy it's like a trebuchet of a person <laughs> maybe that movement in form wasn't invented you know at this time that chubbs chubbs and maybe 30 years later if he survived and he saw that people were doing that he would have been like damn i missed my calling but good on them <laughs> baby you got a stew going <laughs> does anybody have a more fascinating career than carl weathers at this point, no. And it's only gotten weirder with all the Mandalorian stuff. I can't believe the man's trajectory from, like, 
doing these action movies to doing strictly comedies to then playing himself like as a joke and then going back into doing action movies. Like, how are you pulling this off? That's a career, man. It's all you need. It all comes around. Just keep working. Eventually, you're going to eat your own tail, I guess. And when you get the refills, you don't even have to get the same drink. (laughs) Chubbs urges Happy to enter a local tournament where the winner will earn an automatic spot on the tour. Happy, desperate to get back his grandmother's house, agrees when Chubbs informs him of the significant prize money involved. Is that a real thing? Could you just show up at a tournament and play and then you become a professional golfer? I think it's the invitational. Though I wonder, I'm sure there's, actually, I don't know how it works. I was just going to bullshit my way through like the next three sentences. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the wheels turning and you're just like, wow, I, I have no clue how this is actually going to pay off. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately was like, man, I am way out of my element here. The first tournament is just the Waterbury Open. And Open, I feel like, says like, yeah, come sign up. If you win, you get a spot in the, in the other tour. I would absolutely do that. It sounds like a free day of golf. Right? I imagine you still have to pay to get in on it, and that's why they hold those. All right, well, I'm going to pay some money to ruin a guy's dream. That's fine. Yeah. Whoever I'm paired with, he will have no chance. (laughs) I will kick his ball every single time I come near it. (laughs) Yo, Dave would be immediate. Like, within the first four holes, escorted from the course, like, (laughs) zip-tied. Sorry, I didn't see his ball. I got vertigo. I can't. You're really going to kick a guy out of you who's got vertigo? Huh? <laughs> Sir, you picked up his ball and lobbed it over a hill yelling, I could throw this over the mountain. <laughs> Listen, the ball cleaner isn't for another three holes, so I put it in my mouth. I'm trying to help the guy out a little bit. <laughs> you didn't have to go, <laughs> while it was in your mouth. He told me to suck his balls. What? <laughs> I'm just listening. <laughs> oh. Happy wins the local tournament and quickly becomes a fan favorite on the tour thanks to his extraordinarily long drives and unorthodox antics, such as asking the crowd to cheer during his swing instead of staying quiet. How unorthodox. That's crazy. I love that Wikipedia chose that one specific (laughs) example. Of all the antics. (laughs) Of everything that happens in this movie, that's why the crowd loves him. They love we love Wikipedia, man. Because thanks, it's, Wikipedia. It's great because it's pre-written. It's terrible because it's terrible. Y'all are stupid. See, this is why I say that listeners nine times out of ten, I'm sorry, eight times out of ten, are stupid. Thank you. Because they are the ones that write these Wikipedia articles. And as we can tell during this, they've only seen this movie maybe 15 times. Only 15 only times. 15. You are not qualified to write a synopsis <laughs> of the plot because you've only seen it 15 times. Stupid. Sean, the great thing about Wikipedia is that it's completely editable. You can go on there and make any changes you see fit. I tell you what, man, if I had any motivation, I would tell listeners to in one month's time, check out the Wikipedia for Happy Gilmore (laughs) and see how different it is. But I know that the second we stop recording, I will no longer care to to change that. (laughs) Sounds uh, like how this always works. Yep. Second this mic's off. I'm I'm on to the next. Like, oh, I forgot. It was Happy Gilmore a movie? I haven't. I don't know if I've seen that one. Who's she? <laughs> Happy also meets arrogant pro Shooter McGavin, played by Christopher Fucking McDonald, who disapproves of his lack of golf etiquette. He might have the best lines in the movie. It, they're up there, man. There, He's got it, a lot of good ones. It is a great volley of lines between so many different characters. Like 
You have said fucking as a middle name for so many characters in this movie, and it's only <laughs> there's only going to be more people that are added to that. Well, I presume. In all, in all fairness, his I'm so so happy that his caddy has the three names going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me so happy. We're gonna get there very <laughs> shortly, or no? He should have been there already. Yeah, he, he would have been at the the, be. the Waterbury Open. The Jared right, fucking so, Van fucking Snellenberg. I want to put out an entire like an apology to the entire Van Snellenberg family for uh, for Wikipedia oversight. Your goofy looking fucking child. <laughs> There's never been a goofier person captured on film than this no. caddy. No, or questionably molested on the field, like when he's pinned <laughs> down and like shaken. <laughs> Like, it's always made me borderline uncomfortable, but, like, you know what? That kid grew up to win his own, like, PGA Tour. For what it's worth, unorthodox antics. Yeah. That's, <laughs> they didn't put that as that. Cheer, folks. Cheer. Fucking dumb. Why, Harvey Weinstein tried to use that defense. Like, you guys ever seen Happy Gilmore? And everyone's like, Harvey, stop. And Dave, please stop this joke. <laughs> I just have unorthodox antics. <laughs> you have to give me a big fat kiss, and you have to pretend to like it. Also, put this ball in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Though his driving is incredible, Happy's putting is terrible, and his profane on-course tantrums soon draw the ire of tour commissioner Doug Thompson, played no! by our director... Holy shit, really? Dennis fucking Dugan. I never knew that was him. Yeah. Right here, looking at this chug cheat sheet before recording is when I put that all together. I'm like, what? Wow. The famous director of Jack and Jill also plays Commissioner Doug Thompson. Question. Did he have a role in Jack and Jill? I don't think so. I'm not See, even that's sure where he was they there, up. tell you the truth. That, that's, that's, that's where they messed that movie up. That's where they messed up. <laughs> no director cameo. Great movie. I he, was wondering, where's Dennis? <laughs> I showed up on set. Oh, boo-boo-doo-boo-doo. Where's Dennis? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's probably Sandler's call to not have him in the movie. Like, now you listen to me. You stole the thunder in the last one. Scooby-Doo, you overshadowed the Sandman. We can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> movie for me, movie for you. Rob Schneider will also get a movie too. I put you in the last one. And God for you! <laughs> I love that, like, I can close my eyes and, like, picture Adam Sandler saying all of these lines. But I also love rewatching this movie and really appreciating that it isn't the over the top. Like him twisting his mouth when he talks. Yes. Yeah. It. yeah. It's like, it's so natural. And I actually don't like a lot of the later Adam Sandler movies because it's so like, what are you doing? What, what are you? <laughs> well, he had a weird trajectory because he obviously had Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, and they both knocked out of the park. Yes. Then he went slightly kind of barely more serious with The Wedding Singer. Yep. Mm-hmm. I say like barely, and that's a great flick. That's I love it. Fantastic that movie. one. And then Little Nicky happened, and I feel like that's where- You cannot. Like, he, someone like took a hammer to his head. Just skip over Waterboy and Big Daddy like that. I, I had to. Because I like those movies. <laughs> was Little Nicky after Big Daddy? Yeah, Big Daddy was 99, Little Nicky was 2000. Wow. Oh, Big Daddy man. was incredible. Big Daddy's a good movie. Big Daddy is one of his best. Ass. 
Yeah, it's it's weird and kind of all over the place, but it's it's odd that like this weird this weird amalgamation of uh, Bobby Boucher and you know Nikki from Little Nikki, like that molded together is kind of what he brings to every movie, kind of after that. Yeah, except for Uncut Gems. I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> well, he won like serious also with Punch Run Glove. That's true. In that time period, so it's like. I don't know. He's a strange actor. He's got range. He just like he just chooses chooses not, not to, use, to it. use it. Yes. Yeah. Didn't Click get like some pretty good? I really like Click and Fifty First Dates as well. Fifty First Dates. Careful there. You can't yeah. be doing that. Fifty <laughs> First Dates is is great. It's one of my favorite rom coms. Although later days, it feels a little gaslighty and and kind of questionable. As a lot of those movies do from yeah. like twenty years ago, which is. So I think this is the right time to ask this question from Facebook also. Phil Hot Take Hawkins asked, <laughs> did Adam Sandler peak with his first two movies? Or were we all just collectively young enough for this humor to be right in our wheelhouse? And the answer is yes. I think the answer is um, no, he didn't peak, but yes, the age and the wheelhouse thing. I think comedically he peaked. I think that he also he followed that up with uh, a further comment saying that he's gone back and watched some of his other movies and they didn't really hit with him in the way that he did. And um, he said, like, if he goes back and watches Happy Gilmore and he doesn't find it funny and his attitude changes towards that, he knows that happy, cheery, loving, fun Phil Hawkins is dead. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go out on a ledge and say that I don't think this is one of those movies where if you enjoyed this back in the heyday, if you watch it again, I don't think you're going to be turned off by it. It it avoids a lot of those things that feel really gross about movies in this time period. Yeah. Which is amazing. And a lot of the things still really hit. So, well, especially since... We lived in that time period, so like thinking back to back then, it still works. Yeah, and it's still all pretty funny. It's it feels pretty evergreen as a movie, all the way to the point where you have con- Commissioner Doug Thomas who refuses to kick him off the tour because checks Notepad real quick. Our ratings have never been this high. Yep. But that makes me question also when you look at something like a Caddyshack, which has stood the test of time up until this point. It's- 40 plus years old at this point. Yeah. Happy Gilmore is 25 plus years old at this point. Does Happy Gilmore have the same impact that something like Caddyshack has in terms of, I know I'm comparing golf to golf here, but does it have that same sort of lasting impact of comedy? Is it that evergreen? I don't know if I've ever like talked to somebody younger and been like, Happy Gilmore, what do you think? I don't know that I've I've never asked them like either. Yeah, but I've, I mean, I love Caddyshack. I think it's one of the best comedies of all time, but I've also never like, openly ask someone younger than me, like, what do you think about Tommy Boy or something like that? Right. Because that's right in the same era. But I think we're just now kind of getting to that age where we would be, you know, Caddyshack, that was probably introduced to us by, you know, our fathers or our parental figures. And we're just now getting to the point where this is the kind of thing that I would introduce to, you know, um... Someone I was raising or, you know, hypothetical child, a hypothetical child. I man, I tap dance around that so hard that I almost (laughs) fell straight on my face. If I had a child and they were reaching the point of, you know, young teens or something, I I feel like this is the kind of movie that I absolutely would have showed them and be like, yo, check out this comedy classic from from when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. 
But that's the part about this movie is like it's a PG-13 movie from like the golden age, I feel like, where it's over the top, but it's not like offensive. I feel like if you put this against PG movies of now, it would it would be about the same. I don't think there's much in this movie that makes it a a modern PG-13. I think that's fair. Yeah, there is one scene that sticks out to me a lot, which also made me smile and made me made me laugh, because even in 1996, there is that one scene where you have, again, Doug Thomas saying, put out a press release saying that Happy Gilmore is thrown off the tour. And in the background, you just have Happy going off in this tirade <laughs> of swears being just thrown out. They're being censored. And if you're listening, you can just hear all of the things. And as an adult or someone who knows all these phrases that he's thrown out, you know exactly what he's saying. 100%. Yeah. Oh, absolutely what he's saying. But again, you know, I, I wouldn't say that would ever make a PG movie. Um, <laughs> but it's censored. <laughs> but it's censored. <laughs> no, but is it? <laughs> I absolutely heard him call somebody a pussy. I don't care if it was. <laughs> fair. Do you guys realize that famous director Dennis Dugan put us down this rabbit hole? Yeah. The director of Jack and Jill. The director of Jack and Jill. <laughs> and you win some and you lose some. And you don't mess with the Zohan. That right there is a slam dunk of Chino if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Tour public relations head Virginia Bennett, Julie fucking Bowen, convinces Thompson not to expel Happy from the tour, citing improved TV ratings, higher attendance, and new sponsorship offers. She promises to help Happy with his anger. She was one of my first crushes, man. Yep. I um, didn't realize this is the mom from Modern Family. Yeah, and she's been divorced as of 2018. I think I have a chance. Go for it. I believe in you. Is she on LinkedIn? I'll connect. <laughs> is, that how, is that how you do it? That's the secret. I've been secret, married a man. while. People don't even know. <laughs> I worked with Margot Robbie. Shh, don't tell people. That's my ace in the hole. <laughs> Happy improves his performance and behavior with Virginia's support, and the two form a romantic connection. Based on what, exactly? Uh, it's dark in this hockey rink. Friends listen to Endless Love in the Dark! Friends do sing Endless Love in the Dark, it's true. That Zamboni driver... The Zamboni driver shot makes me so fucking happy every time I watch this movie. <laughs> For Happy Gilmore, anything! It makes me smile every time. I had a weird moment watching it this time, though, where I confused this movie and Van Wilder briefly. Oh. Because she has, like, that shot from across the ice where there's a kiss at stake. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's going to say, like, her brother played for, like, the Rangers or something like that. I confused the two for a hot second despite this movie so many times. Exact same. I did the exact same thing. I was like, oh, yeah, this is where she, like, gets it in no problem. She's like, yeah, my brother. That's when she's like happy. I didn't see it go in that part, right? Yeah, and she gets about? it. Yeah. She gets it. She gets it. Yeah, she can get it too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I don't understand. Cut what this did, out. Can you Cut tell me out. what that means? <laughs> this is actually our first uncut episode in honor of Adam Sandler. This is our uncut gem. <laughs> <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> Shooter hires a heckler named Donald, played by Joe fucking Flaherty, to mock Happy at a Pro-Am event. Happy plays poorly and gets into a fist fight with his celebrity partner, Bob Barker. Which, real quick, in a movie of iconic, memorable, quotable, all of those scenes, this might be the most iconic scene of this entire movie. For even people who never saw the movie somehow, everybody knows the fight with Bob Barker. Yeah. 
It's the most famous part of the movie. Even beyond that, I feel like this scene, again, to bring Caddyshack in, kind of created like the next psych out. Because in Caddyshack, how they're going like, Noonan! Noonan! And here you have, you're gonna miss this shot, you jackass! Jackass! You're gonna need to bring a beach towel because you're never getting off that beach, you jackass! Steve Perry! Hey! Hey! Oh, my bad. No more journey psych outs. I keep doing that. The wheel in the sky, it's gotta keep on turning, It's gotta Brian. keep on turning. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> so I did a thing here. Um, in honor of, of last month's Patreon episode where we, we did a Cape Podcasters, I was feeling kind of IMDB trivia-y. Oh, boy. So He's I went bringing it on, back full time, it I'm sounds not, like. I'm not. That's what it sounds like. That's what it feels like. No, I just I went into IMDB just to check out what they had for trivia facts, and the majority of them were about Bob Barker. So what I've done is distilled down all of the IMDB trivia facts into one actual Bob Barker fact. I'll allow it as long as you get spayed or neutered after you're done reading. <laughs> wow, that is high stakes. <laughs> <laughs> Whose pet is Brian? Mine. Have you never listened to this show? Fair enough. I'm not supposed to just put it out there like that. Come on. Good boy. He's blushing. <laughs> Brian's a good boy. Aww. Now my tail's wagging. <laughs> I really want to see that. Can you point the camera down? It's like a Jason Alexander shallow hound situation. No. Oh, I forgot man. about the movie. Oh, man. Uh, Ed McMahon was originally offered the role of happy celebrity partner in the Pepsi Pro-Am, but declined due to the film's profanity and crude humor. The role was then offered to Bob Barker, who was unsure about taking the role until he learned that he would win the fight against Adam Sandler's character. Bob Barker, who actually studied Tang Soo Do for decades under Chuck Norris, insisted on doing his own stunts, claiming, I know how to fight. Following the film's release, ratings for The Price is Right rose considerably among college-age viewers. Bitch. I, along with the, the Ben Stiller-Rob Schneider thing, again, the perfect choice. Ed McMahon, like, today, our age, like, if I go out there and I ask anybody, who's Ed McMahon? That's not going to get the same response. Not even nearly. They were future cited as fuck in this cast. Bob choice. Barker. There's nobody else like Bob Barker. If you were doing it today, you could probably get away with Steve Harvey. Yeah. I mean, People I, 20 years I, I from guess now, you know. could. Only if you were doing it today, though. I actually, I think half of like the shock value and the comedic factor is the fact that even back in 1996, Bob Barker looked old as fuck <laughs> and also was like Mr. Roger esque. So when you hear him drop the bitch, oh. it's like, it's like, wait, what? He's like the one joke that I'm worried about though. Like in terms of being evergreen, because we grew up with Bob Barker, like right. sick days were the greatest thing in the world because oh, yeah. of Bob Barker. It's well, true. from 11 to 12, it was. Yeah. But when you look back at like game show hosts throughout the years, Monty Hall is not going to connect with people right. at this point. Like, Chuck Woolery's not going to connect with people at this point. Nope. It makes me worried, in the future, is Bob Barker going to connect? Will people is it, is that joke forget going to about work? Bob? We will get to a point where it won't connect, for sure. But, I mean, how long has Bob not been doing The prices Right? It's going on 15 years, right? It's a long it is time a long that Drew Carey's been doing it. Yeah. So, it's, it's already about 15 years-ish. Like since then to begin with, and it's still, I feel like I could go to the 24 year old person at work and be like, do you know who Bob Barker is? And they're going to be like, yeah. Yeah. I got sick all the time when I was nine. Yeah. So I, I think 
eventually these gen z won't kids, be evergreen they're not gonna know they're not gonna know yeah these gen z kids would be like who the hell is this guy why is he fighting adam sandler i don't care but also falls into the area of like people don't know who lee trevino is and he's one of the stars of this movie that's true he also regrets being in this movie because he didn't read why the, he didn't read the script beforehand and he was like it was a little too vulgar for me his job was to shake his head to shake disapprovingly his head. And at then murder. At, at one point, he does say, Grizzly Adams did have a beard. <laughs> it's exactly. a great line. <laughs> I didn't know why the pause was there, but I just had to jump in. <laughs> Thompson finds Happy $25,000 and suspends him for a month, seemingly ending his hopes of saving his grandmother's house. But Virginia secures Happy a lucrative endorsement deal with Subway to make up the difference. And that's why I think it's a Connecticut movie, is because of Subway. Because of Subway? Subway's based in Connecticut. Sure, but Subway's also the largest, uh, has the most locations of any retail brand. As of 1996? In, in 1996? I want to say, even in 1996, they had more locations than McDonald's. Jeez, that's a bit wild. That's uh, shocking to me. Subway's, Subway's always has been for a long time top dog in number of locations. All right, well. There you go. The more you know, do, 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 do. But also, is it a little fucked up that Virginia is boning a golfer and actively helping him with his PR while she's the PR lady? It's a. It does seem a little. Big time. Conflict of interest. Conflict. Yeah. Yeah. When you put it that way, I I guess. Uh, Have you guys thought about the fact that Happy Gilmore would have been just a way better spokesman for uh, for Subway for like the next. 20 years anyways over Jared. <laughs> I mean, hindsight's 20, The kids would have been but... safer, that's for sure. Isn't Jared in Jack and Jill? He is in Jack and Jill. Does Dennis Dugan have like a deal with Subway? Does Adam Sandler have a deal with Subway? Wow! Look at this! Everything's coming together now! Oh, we are connecting the entire Happy Madison universe. Carry on. I need to chew on this for a little bit. Wait a minute. Didn't Alan Covert, who plays Otto who is the, the um, caddy, caddy for Adam the Sandler, bum. he plays Otto in Jack and Jill, too. It's the Wait, same so, role. So he plays the bum who turns into his caddy yes. in Jack and in Jill Jack as and well. Jill. So it's a connected universe right there. So in Jack and Jill's universe, the Dennis Dugan at one point, Happy Gilmore <laughs> was the spokesman for, for Subway. Subway. And Jared is also in that universe. So Jared took over the mantle from Happy from Gilmore. From Happy Gilmore in the, huh. in the Dugan-verse. Honestly, uh, Dugan needs to put out another movie, and really, he needs to finish this timeline so that in his universe, Jared isn't the, the last one standing as a Subway <laughs> spokesman. <laughs> we need a new Subway spokesperson. Steph. Right now, it's like Steph Curry, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, maybe bring back Jared. <laughs> 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 I was going to say, I was dream pitching a scenario where Adam Sandler would do a series of commercials as like an older Happy Gilmore who it turned out that um, wasn't very financially like fiscally responsible. And so here we are 27 years later and he's reverted back to doing subway ads and he is actually the spokesman right now for subway make it happen i have news for you sean is that a thing as of september of last year sandler stated that he hopes to eventually make a sequel oh 
no, no, no. Okay. Not at the movie. I don't want that. Oh, okay. him to be. No, 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 no. Sequel means there could be more Subway, though. I'm a sandwich artist. <laughs> Turkey oh, no. for me. He brings back Turkey that Turkey for you. <laughs> Cold cock combo. I eat three every day and it costs me $70. <laughs> Hoagies and grinders. Hoagies and grinders. <laughs> Uh, yes, please. I want all this. I want all this right now. I want him to be a Subway franchisee who Navy has to beans, Navy beans, meatball dive into sandwich. the to golfing again in order to save his franchise. Sloppy <laughs> Joe, slop, sloppy Joe. Yes, we are all familiar with Lunch Ladyland, Brian. Oh my God! So in the new commercial, he has a uh, a twelve inch meatball sub I lined wasn't up. Sure, where you're going to go with that? Nope. That pause there. That's a a time to take <laughs> one. Unfortunate okay. space. So, so re- <laughs> So you probably don't see this coming, but the reason why I paused is I was trying to figure out how many meatballs was in each size of the subs. Yeah, curveball, right? So 12-inch subs. I'm imagining there's only three, not three better. meatballs. Let's go, boys. So you got a meatball, which has a circumference of four inches, and then you got another four inches, another four inches, another four inches, 12 inches. That's a 16-inch, Dave. Don't do bits when you're not gonna willing to do the math, Dave. <laughs> anyway, so he sets them down on three T's. One, three teas for one large sandwich. And he sits there and he swings three times and he gets three holes in ones. You know what I'm saying? Pretty sure meatball subs weren't a thing back in 96. Pretty sure people were putting meatballs on bread back in 1996. <laughs> Angelina's did it first. <laughs> Super regional reference. That's the most regional <laughs> reference ever. They have six locations. <laughs> like, Point one like percent of your towns. audience. <laughs> wow. Nobody in Germany is going to get that. I promise. No, but shout out to Frankfurt. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Sorry for all the uh, regional references. Alvita saying it was nice having you. Yo, Uz- <laughs> Kazakhstan's your listens in Kazakhstan are going to explode because this movie just came out. <laughs> Brand new. <laughs> Hey, uh, Bill Belichick for a little bit was the uh, the spokesperson for Subway too, and they shot the commercials in Brantford, Connecticut. How about that? They sure did. Where On the green, the where there's no subway. <laughs> so the house gets put up for auction, regardless, and Shooter spitefully outbids Happy. So Happy strikes a deal with Shooter for the upcoming tour championship. If Happy wins, Shooter will return the house to Happy's grandmother. But if Shooter wins, Happy will quit the tour. Now I appreciate this quite a bit because. At this point, Happy's going to hunt down Chubbs. And like I love the way he begs to him like a lot of like, you're smart, I'm, I'm stupid. stupid, you're good looking, and I'm not attractive. <laughs> to the point where like it has to get to where Chubbs goes, all right, all right, that's enough. Like, what more could Happy have said? Like, nothing. But I love this so much because... It's one of those things that you don't really think about too much as like a professional, but Chubbs takes him to a miniature golf course. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, hey, all right. Just like one time to teach him how to putt. We got to improve time. your putting game, so we're going to go mini golfing once. That's all it takes, man. All you need is one. All it's you need the is cock one. push up of training. <laughs> you know, there's not many things that I think that um, I can knock down a peg in this movie, but Chubbs is kind of an asshole. He really should have taught happy about the happy place way earlier like he was holding on to that as like an ace in his sleeve for too long what happy didn't deserve the happy place yet. exactly chubbs was right in his assessment 
It's true, but as an audience, we also didn't deserve Virginia Venet looking like that. Oh, nope. those two pitchers With of the beer. Two pitchers of beer. With are we talking about wearing the white suit or the black suit, or why not both? The, yeah, why I'll not say both? follow up. Does it matter? Doesn't matter. As long as that cowboy's there, we're having a good time. Yo, small cowboy on the little horsey. Let's go. <laughs> he keeps coming back. Yeah. Oh. I don't know what that story is. But I love it. In my head, I talked with Mitch uh, years ago. Again, that is his grandfather. In my head, Cannon, that is his grandfather just riding a little <laughs> stick horse. Sure. I can't even imagine what that was like. Like Dennis Dugan on set, like the producer comes up to him and is like, I got a surprise for you. He goes, did you get the little guy? <laughs> I got the little guy. Better. Can we, can we do magic hour, cowboy costume, riding a uh, horse on a stick? Do you still have the horse? Uh, repeatedly? Sticky? I will put them all in there three times. If you give me the chance, I will do it. <laughs> Enter the Dugan verse. Happy birthday, Dennis. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know this looks weird. It is a horse head, uh, horse head on a stick. But I will get you so much subway for the next week, it's not even funny. Just You got to be in three scenes. Also, stay from the Jared guy. Little questionable. He's looking at you funny. Just, uh, I'm not going to say your height lines up with what he likes, but a little distance, please. Let him get an up close look at you to <laughs> don't let him see you from a distance. Make sure you just wear this sign on your neck at all times that says, I'm a grown man. <laughs> it yeah. will turn if him off. If you're going to interact with Jared at all, just make sure he gets a good look at your driver's license. <laughs> when you're wearing the chaps, Wear something underneath the chaps. Maybe leave the Pikachu underwear at home that day. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> As thanks for helping him with the short game, Happy presents Chubbs with the head of the alligator that bit off his hand. <laughs> yes, you do. But it startles Chubbs and he falls out a window to his death. Bruce Wayne, thanks so much for taking me in. Uh, as a thank you, here's Joe Chill's head in a box. <laughs> <laughs> That's my impression of Batman falling out a window. <laughs> I love how much these synopses from from Wikipedia just leave out. Oh, yeah. If I had never seen this movie and I'm reading this. I'd be like, what in the blue hell? No. A severed head of an Wikipedia alligator? Wikipedia doesn't give a shit at all. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Now determined to win the tour championship for both Chubbs and his grandmother, Happy plays well and leads at the end of the third round. Now rounds all of a sudden matter. <laughs> rounds matter. Shooter, desperate to finally win a tour championship and to get rid of Happy, again hires Donald, who drives a car onto the course and runs over Happy, impairing his long drive and his focus. Question, do you think that Donald was still at the Red Lobster? Like, he (laughs) he never left the Red Lobster. He lives in an apartment above a Red Lobster. I just think it's hysterical that he has, like, this affinity for mid-level chain restaurants it's so good i was like i'll see you at the red lobster ah you want to go get lunch at the sizzler we can go meet at a pennigan's <laughs> this man is just desperate for money attention and friendship that yeah. like, the amount of money he brings in it doesn't matter and appetizers. he's got an appetizer oh all you can eat that no matter how much money he gets He's going to go eat where he, he would have went to the bonanza is that regional i don't know if that's regional i don't no, know if it, i don't, I don't think, think it's it still is. around it's There's 1996. Still they still got ground round. I was just thinking ground round like fun records or something like that. Shooter takes the lead, but Happy, encouraged by his grandmother, rallies to tie him. Happy is 
pretty uh, impressionable, huh? Oh, yeah. All you have to do is give him a few nice words, and he's like, oh, I think I can do this now. Like, I feel like the perfect person to coach Happy Gilmore would be Ted Lasso. Oh, Oh, God. They'd be unstoppable. Like, he'd be running through walls. Okay. Do you think that he would react to Ted Lasso in a different way than he reacted to Gary Potter, played by Kevin Nealon in this movie? Because they are very similar ish yeah, that's a good point when you put it that way also how great is kevin fucking kneeling he's so good <laughs> in the very limited scenes that he's in like he is in a total of 20 seconds of this movie split up <laughs> over like seven scenes it's not but enough. every single thing he's in is top notch we love us some kneeling on the 18th hole a tv tower damaged by donald's car falls onto the green and blocks happy's line to the hole but Happy miraculously uses it as a Rube Goldberg machine to sink his putt for the win. Thank God they played mini golf, huh? Right? It's good thing we did that that one time at the mini golf. I like how Virginia's like, yeah, just putt around and sink it in two. It's like, if you putt around that, you still have like a 40-foot putt. Yeah. And then you have to go into sudden death. Yeah. Enraged, Shooter tries to steal one of Happy's gold jacket. All right, Wikipedia. That's not even how you structure sentences, <laughs> Wikipedia. Nope. This is why you don't get my dollar. <laughs> exactly. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to go to your education of fact-checking and editing. <laughs> but Shooter is beaten off. <laughs> nope. What? Excuse what? me? But Shooter is Hold beaten on by a, a mob of fans. For what it's worth, <laughs> every single time Christopher McDonald has finished since the movie came out, he definitely went, Shooter. <laughs> Shooter, yeah. He's beaten by a mob of fans led by Happy's imposing ex-boss, Mr. Larson. Richard fucking Kyle. He's huge. Seven massive foot two. Man. He's a massive man. He played Jaws in uh, the old Bond flicks. Yeah. Happy, his grandmother, his caddy, played by Alan fucking Covert, and Virginia celebrate at his grandmother's house where Happy sees a vision of a two-handed chubs with Abraham Lincoln and the alligator. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> yes. And that is Happy Gilmore from 1996, directed by the legend himself, Dennis Dugan. (laughs) Dennis fucking Dugan. This movie fucks hard. It sure does. Hell yeah. Story motivation, Ted. (laughs) Wow. This movie's like my childhood, man. I don't know why I wasn't expecting a 10, though. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty airtight. He goes mini-golfing once, so. That's all you need, right? (laughs) It basically sticks to the plot, moves it forward, gets to a conclusion. I do want to tell you, I have not looked at the Rotten Tomatoes yet. I have no idea what it is. and I'm starting to not look at them until it's time to look at them. Yeah. Okay, so I was about to say what it is because I saw it. But I I will take a step Don't you dare. We've had a weird thing going on where we've been within like one or two points way too often. (laughs) So many times. So we know the scale works. We know it's pretty accurate. That is being arbitrary. Arbitrarily accurate. That's right. 10 for story motivation. Let's talk about casting. It's fine. Uh, other people they talked to for Shooter McGavin, Bruce Campbell, Kevin Costner, Tim Allen, and Steve Gutenberg. I would have loved Bruce Campbell here because Bruce Campbell in anything infinitely makes it better. Always amazing. But Christopher McDonald. He's amazing. So good. He's iconic. It's hard to see anybody but him after having seen it. Yeah, and the way he's embodied the role ever since this movie came out. Uh, Shooter McGavin underscore is one of the only 
air quotes celebrity accounts that I even follow on Twitter. And it's just it's magic. Every time something pops up, it's magic. It puts a smile on my face. Check that out on the on the Twitters. On the Twitter shooter McGavin underscore. Nice. I'm thinking for casting uh, a solid eight. I like eight. I, I think I think it gets that that not using Rob Schneider bump. It has to. That's like a three point bump. <laughs> Any movie that Rob Schneider's not in automatically gets three point bump. <laughs> Obviously, this is a joke, but is it affected at all that by by casting a certain person in this movie that 20 something odd years later, that person grew up to then win a major golf event? That young caddy grew up. Didn't he just win the Masters like last year? No. No, I'm pretty sure he's like a research scientist. Uh, Jared Vince Snellenberg? Dave, please look that up because I'm pretty sure he just won something big. I know that there was a guy recently on the tour that Adam Sandler gave was supporting because he looked like him. So if you Google Jared Vince Snellenberg now, it comes up as Canadian child actor, which is a very specific type of child actor. <laughs> it is. But then it also talks about how he's involved with the Stony Brook Neurosciences Institute. And Stony Brook is not far from me, and I might have to go find him. <laughs> well, never mind. And he's got a middle name of X, and that's pretty badass. His name is Jared X. Van Snellenberg? Yep. Nice. So let me read a couple things here, because he's listed as now a Canadian psychiatry professor focusing on schizophrenia, neuroimaging research, and a formal trial actor. They throw that in the, thereafter. That's kind of neat. But he has been in a bunch of stuff, where he was in Happy Gilmore, Saving Silverman, Rat Race, Cheats, The Wisher, A Guy Thing, Agent Cody Banks, and Airbud Spikes Back. Wow, Spikes Back? He was in Spikes Back. That's the volleyball one. Yes, it is the volleyball one. He is uncredited in that, oh, okay. in all fairness. Fun fact about Saving Silverman, also directed by Dennis Dugan. So this is the problem with people in today's day and age. They will just see something, hear something, and run with it. After a very quick Google... It was a, a lookalike of that caddy. Uh, and this entire time, I thought it was that caddy. I'm like, wow, that's a fucking story. Let me ask you this also. Do you think that uh, Phil Hot Takes Hawkins, he, he meant that Jared Van Snellenberg peaked with his first two movies of Happy Gilmore and Saving Silverman? You know what? I think that that's more. That has to be what he meant. I think he had a typo. Yeah. You know what? Absolutely, Phil. You're correct. That is the height of the Van Snellenberg uh, reign. X. Vince Mellingberg. Phil, you can defend yourself next time you're on here. <laughs> so eight for casting. Let's talk about the protagonist, Happy Gilmore. He's terrific. He's an everyman. He's an everyman. He's doing it for the love of his grandma. He doesn't care about anybody. Like, all he wants to do is make sure that his grandmother, who took him in with a Gene Simmons mask <laughs> to make him feel better. <laughs> yes. This is a saint. This is an angel is well taken care of and, I mean, obviously, hell aside, wants her to just die happy in her house. Wants her to die? I mean, see, that was unsaid, but he wants her, if when she dies, to die in her house, not a retirement home, you know? I took umbrage with that, that little Wikipedia thing saying <laughs> that he sent her to a <laughs> retirement home because she's the one that put herself there. Yeah. He offered for her to live That's with That's true, him. he did. Happy Gilmore loves two things, hockey and grandma. Yeah, that's fair. That's enough for a boy to get through life. That's all right. Did Is he required to love anything more? Like, he doesn't even care that there's this antagonist. Like, you have Shooter McGavin 
And he's not even on Happy's radar for 90% of the movie. He doesn't care. He is living gleefully, doing his own thing, trying to get all of the big checks that he can get (laughs) until they're stuffed into his car and he's got enough in his car to buy this house back in 90 days. He's just a, I don't want to say he's a perfect character. Don't give me this rating because I don't know where to go with this. I would say he's like an easy eight or nine for me. Uh, eight seems great. I'm okay with eight. Eight seems great. I think nine, you're flirting with a lot of fandom there, and that's okay. Yeah, I am blinded. I will say I am absolutely blinded with these rose-tinted glasses. Oh, 100%, because aren't we about to talk antagonists? Well, sure, we sure are. And I'm going to say ten, because it's fucking Shooter McGavin. He's amazing. Shooter McGavin. Ten? Ten feels high. Eleven feels higher when you put it in perspective. I mean, he's not even really on Happy's radar for most of the movie. But he's on my radar, Brian. <laughs> but we see him being a douchebag and trying to pull stuff behind the scenes. That's true. While Happy doesn't care, we care. He is. Yeah, like a, he is. I think a seven is appropriate. Wheeling and dealing behind <laughs> the scenes to try to get rid of this Happy Gilmore character who's just doing good things for the sport. Right, which is why I said seven. I'm not a psychopath. Seven for Shooter McGavin feels low. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the screenplay. Adam Orleans. Sandler, Adam Sandler's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, apparently. Like everywhere. Judd Apatow did a. Uh, like everywhere. A script rewrite, but went uncredited. And I found that fascinating. That is fascinating. I don't know how much of it's scripted, which is annoying when it comes to these types of movies, because you know that they're playing on set. Right. And improvising and whatnot. But one writer director that I worked with, I asked him openly about actors improvising because they were very much going off script i was like hey are you cool with that he's like yeah my name's on it no matter what doesn't matter <laughs> so it's so quotable it's oh super quotable sean one to ten how quotable is this movie it's like a 14 and quotable i can't think of a more quotable <laughs> movie personally for me there's not a more quotable movie it's super up there for me it's very high Fuck like, it, ten. Because, we like this movie because i'm it, on the spot i can't like I can't think of the one line that, like, oh, man. Oh, like, is that goal regulation size or what? Like, I still <laughs> say that all the fucking time. But that is like a classic Happy Madison line because that line right there reminds me so much of high score. Did I break Did it? Did I break it? Yeah. Yeah. I love the little throwaway lines that just stick with you forever. I feel like that's where Happy Madison shines, Absolutely. Though. Watching this movie again, like, it felt like every couple of minutes, I'm like, there's another thing that I say that I don't even I don't even think. Yeah, you don't even remember it where out. it came from. It's exactly. just something that's added to your vernacular. Well, the last category that we have is impact on the Sean. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I think screenplay is like a, a solid seven again. I'm going to I think it's an eight. Let's bump it up to eight just because I like it. Yeah, that's fine. I was trying to be reasonable. Yeah, and I don't want to be reasonable. So I'm happy you said that. Somebody had to be unreasonable. We Otherwise, had to balance out the shooter. Yeah. Shooter. Otherwise, we'll all just be sad Gilmores at the end of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe that's the sequel. Sad Gilmore. Yeah, he's literally burying his grandma. I don't understand this trilogy. Go play golf again. Happy Gilmore, Gilmore Girls, Sad Gilmore. I don't. I don't follow. <laughs> <laughs> Style and tone. It's nineties. It's a nineties like so comedy. 90s? It's you know. <laughs> Hear me out for a second. Okay. It's because bright. It's crisp. When you think of something like an 80s comedy, you think of John Hughes movies yes. for the most part. When I think of stuff like a 90s movie, you think of SNL movies. Yes, absolutely. And to me, this falls into that realm of an SNL movie, like a Tommy Boy 
or or Beverly like Hills a Wayne's Ninja. World or something like that. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. They all have like that same sort of feel to them. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go 10. I'm saying that number a lot, and you guys are occasionally talking me off a ledge, and I appreciate that, yeah. but also don't for this one. I think, I think you're right on this one. 10. I'm going to start drinking this beer a little more so there's not as much left when we get to the Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm not too worried. <laughs> I'm not super worried, even though I have no idea where it is. I have no clue, but I feel like we fanboyed enough. We fanboyed that we probably covered bases already. <laughs> Let's talk about director Dennis fucking Dugan. 11. A what? I know. No, it's not. <laughs> He's fine. The fact that he acted in this, I think, gives him an extra bump. I think I agree I have with no that. idea. No matter what we give him, it's going to be higher than what we gave him for Jack and Joe. Yeah, I want to give him like a six. I'm assuming he came to set on time and prepared. Yeah, and then he was like, all right, Adam Sandler, go ahead and Adam Sandler. Have fun. And he made sure the camera was rolling. Right. And that was it. And that's harder to do when you're also on camera. Exactly. Six, which is five higher than we gave him last time. (laughs) It was also like a lot of really great shots, which I think is pretty easy to do on a golf course, which are inherently, you know, nice looking areas. Open, green, manicured. Great contrast with like blue skies and stuff yep. like that, but it's it's it I, is yeah. visually a very beautiful movie, and it's a lot of really great shots for something that's so slappy, you know. And which that's is a funny good word that, for it, yeah. It rhymes with hat. Slappy Gilmore. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the the fourth movie, dude. That sounds oh, like God. it's already been made as a porn parody. Oh, for sure. Oh God, Slappy Fillmore, Crappy Gilmore. For such a silly movie. It is shot really well. I really like what they do with the camera whenever he does the the slap shot. The sound. That quick dude. zoom and the it's just, it's fun stuff. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Six for director. Music. I about shat my pants when I saw it was Mark Mothersbaugh. I couldn't believe Fucking it. Fucking Devo in the house. Fucking Rugrats in the house. Sure. Rugrats. That main happy theme that plays between like every scene is so catchy. I mean, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but it's like so fitting that do 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 do. I mean, obviously I mean, you can't do it with your mouth, but but the, you get also the you sa- get points for humming it. Also, now friends listen to endless love in the dark. It's true. They used to not. It used to meant sexy time, but now it's just it's just friends in the dark. Now, now, well, now it's friends. That could be more. Could be. That could be. It more. depends on how into it the Zamboni driver is with his lip syncing. <laughs> That's right. My love, my love. I was gonna go five my until Sean sang, and I'm gonna go six. I loved love. it. Thank you. That is a six for music. Next up, we have box office. This movie cost twelve million dollars, made forty one point two million dollars. Not bad. It's a pretty good return. Uh, ended up placing third its opening week behind Muppet Treasure Island and Broken Arrow. Mm-hmm. Broken Arrow is the first rated R movie I ever saw. Oh, how about that? Yeah. That's the one with something Christian or Christian something in it, right? Christian Slater. Christian yeah, Christian. He was. Uh, yep. Yeah, it was its second week. Stayed at the top of the box office, and then this came out the same week as Muppet Treasure Island and City Hall, which is a movie I don't remember at all. And then I've never even heard of that. Fifth, nope. pl- fifth place was Mr. Holland's Opus and it's eighth week. But anyway, that's a weird movie. That's a very weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> this movie made 343% of its budget, which based on our scale is a nine. All right. Not bad. It's, it's that good is for business. not what I expected. Pretty good. Even though it's, it's not a high grossing movie, but it made its money for sure. And our final 
category is impact on the industry and on the Sean and on the Sean impact stated. on the Sean. Oh, if this is impact on the Sean, it's like it's, it's like broken 11. the scale. Yeah. All right, so it's an eleven for the impact on the Sean, but the impact on Hollywood and cinema—it's another comedy. Yeah, it's an iconic comedy of the '90s of our generation. Yes, but I don't think like for someone like my dad, it's not on their radar or something like that, or not totally on their. What radar. comedies was he watching in the '90s? Caddyshack. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's, that's, if you that's want to fair. play that game. It's so weird <laughs> that I think you're right. I was just thinking about while we were talking about music, you know, I can't hear Tuesday's Gone. My favorite Leonard Skinner song, probably because of this movie, but I can't hear that song without thinking of two things. And I was, this is what made me think about it is this movie and my dad. Like, my dad loved Leonard sure. Skinner, so mm-hmm. he would listen to Leonard Skinner all the time. And there is no chance that my dad would hear Tuesday's Gone and think of Happy Gilmore at all. Like, I don't even think my dad likes this movie, (laughs) but he would like older movies, like movies from the 80s. And I think that is a great point. Yeah. Like Caddyshack. Like Caddyshack. Right. Now, this is my grandfather, one of my grandfather's favorite movies. So it's like, it's weird that it skipped a generation. So Buster Keaton never did the funnies like this. (laughs) (laughs) so what is the impact on the industry why is charles chaplin going with his mouth it's about to get another sequel right uh allegedly it already had a sequel gilmore girls exactly (laughs) sure uh i think that the impact on the industry itself is probably a six but it gets uh Point it bump gets a Sean because of an impact on, on the Sean. Sean bump. That's generous. I thought you were going to say like a four. <laughs> so I'll take a six. <laughs> six it is. That is going to give Happy Gilmore a total score of 78. Good news, everybody. We are safe by quite a bit. Oh, I thought we were going to have to, I thought we were going to deliver a package to somewhere in space. No, no, no. Because the Rotten Tomatoes 61%. And the audience scores 85%, which that all totally checks out. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, across the board, that totally checks out. But you said good news, everybody. So I thought for a second that we were going to go into space. Go Futurama ourselves? Kiss my shiny metal ass. It's not happening. Fair. That's one of our openers. That's pretty fun. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, this was a hell of a pick. Yeah, it was. I'm glad you guys took this journey with me. Or that I took this journey with you It would have been weird if you did it alone. The amount of times I've done this alone <laughs> is too many. This week on, on Beer Me a Movie, it's just Sean talking it's about just Happy Gilmore. <laughs> it would have been a train wreck. You would have lost all of your Germany listeners. <laughs> I don't even drink. <laughs> we need Frankfurt. They're important. Ein Bier, bitte. I'm on Duolingo. Oh, nice. Are you learning so German? One beer, please. There you go. There it is. That's, that's Frankfurt. Frankfurt. <laughs> I will raise a Schweppes pink grapefruit to you, Frankfurt. You are Schweppes. I like it. It's fancy. So, Dave, uh, I guess that that brings us to um, the part of the show where I get to ask you, what are we talking about next week? So the movie we're talking about next week is a movie I've wanted to talk about with damn near anyone since the day I saw it. Is it Caddyshack? It's not Caddyshack. That would be pretty (laughs) neat. I did hint at it earlier in a way. And I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to scatter some breadcrumbs. Sprinkle in some some If I can, to make it a little bit fun. But the the problem with what I was saying is that, obviously, the clue I gave you disappeared. 
But that's not the impressive part about magic because bringing it back is the important part. And that's why next week we're going to be talking about Christopher Nolan's 2006 movie, The The Illusionist. (laughs) That was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) 2006, Christopher Nolan, Edward Norton joint. (laughs) What? (laughs) Now, Brian. Yeah. I don't want to hijack your life or your picks or anything like that. Sure. But what if next week we do the prestige? Yeah. And then the week after you pick the illusionist. You know what? It could happen. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> the only thing I remember about the illusionist is a tree. And I don't even know if that's important. Hugh or not. Jackman in a tree, right? Is that I have no clue. I can't remember who's in which movie anymore. <laughs> well, we'll find out next week when we talk about the prestige. It's uh, exciting. <laughs> Until then, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and join us on Patreon this month for the return of Crappy Hour. We'll be talking about a movie that, I don't know, do we want to tell everybody what it is yet, or are we trying to keep it a secret from the person who's going to be guesting on the episode? (laughs) That's kind of a mean prank we're doing, (laughs) but I'm not convinced he's going to listen to the Patreon episode and know the actual movie that he's doing. Yeah. And I don't even want to name the guest that we're talking about, because on the chance that he doesn't know about it, It'll be funnier. (laughs) But you know what? Just for a test, if he brings it up to me at any point between now and us recording, me and you are going to do the other movie that he thinks we're going to do. Okay. I like that. This is all really confusing doublespeak. It is. To everybody listening right now. But trust me, Brian is on the same page as me. Yeah. We're going to have fun on Patreon this month, and it's going to be a crappy hour. And it's going to be at someone else's expense, (laughs) who is ginger and skull-like. Yeah. that's the best thing (laughs) it's having fun at somebody else's expense it absolutely is it's not a crappy hour for you guys just them not it's the crappy hour is the most fun show imaginable (laughs) on patreon when we did (laughs) um uh, the only cameron saving the only other time we've done crappy hour we actually did hit the rotten tomato score so we did and we had to drink and we were already drunk great so my birthday's in April, by the way, and I'm thinking that the Christmas Vacation Drunk episode might be my gift to everybody else oh, for my birthday. That would be fun. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You can email us your questions and comments to beermeamoviepod at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at beermeamovie on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, beermeamoviepod on Twitter, and uh, especially on the Facebook where we, we put up a post on our recording day asking for your questions and comments. We got... So many. So many. Sorry, I'm going to have to get a little picky and choosy here. It's the only way I can make this work and, you know, fill the time. Dalton Sooner! He wrote in, he asked, is it really all in the hips? Yes. Is it, though? Unless you're tap, tap, tapping it in. See, that's exactly what I thought. But also, when he has his hand, like, he could slap a real cool hook onto that hand and, like, the club. Chubbs never should have retired. Chubb should never have retired. I mean, that Prestorius guy, yeah, he killed his girlfriend or whatever it is, but Blade Runner was pretty sweet for a little bit. <laughs> Dalton, apparently it is, according to Chubbs, because he never fucking tried after he lost his hand. Even though, well, that, that would argue almost that it's not in the hips at all. It's in the hand. Dalton, we're not sure. We don't know. We don't have an answer for <laughs> I you. have no idea. Try it with your hips. See what happens. Micah wrote in. And he asked, Wed, bed, behead. Sean, you're going to have to go first on this one. Yoki dokie. Virginia Bennett, mm. Grandma Gilmore, <laughs> and Bob Barker. Oh, man. Good luck. 
Well, this is very difficult. I mean, I'm absolutely betting Virginia Bennett. Or as he puts it, Virginia Bennett. Get it? Um, Spelling's hard. I, I suppose so. I I want to <laughs> believe that he actually did that on purpose, thinking that I'd have to read that out loud and make myself uncomfortable. You think he's a big enough prenus to do that? Yeah. In a message, he corrected somebody from like a day prior, obnoxiously. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> i hate that i love him as much as i do it annoys me sometimes like my yeah. love for him it just it bothers me you better leave this in too i want to i, I have there. to now yeah <laughs> uh so i'm betting virginia venet i'm ooh, come on good luck good luck they're I both am. end of life for what it's worth okay even well, though one's, i'm gonna one be... is end of life and one's still kicking i mean let's think about this logically. and one of them has back taxes Exactly. So I'm thinking about this. But one of them could also could kick your ass if you don't spay or neuter your pet. Okay. Listen, give me the floor here, boys. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking about this logically. I'm not happy Gilmore. I do not have this attachment to Grandma Gilmore. Well, you also don't want to fuck your grandma. I mean. Well, no, I'm just wedding. Those are the rules that have been. I'm just going to marry my grandma. (laughs) Yeah. These are the rules that have been explained to me before. You can't bed them and wed them for some reason. I feel like if you don't consummate the marriage, what are you doing? Exactly. That's what I think, because otherwise I'm going to flip it around and marry Virginia Venet, you know, because then we could just bed whenever we want. I would say that's how it works. Oh, and then okay. the other one is just like a one off love night. Oh, well, this makes it even more awkward because I didn't want to boink either of the other two. Well, now but, you're going to have to. But, see, you know, see, I how, would... see how this works. This is a, a love triangle that you never want to be a part of. I'm going to take the bullet. OK, so I'm going to wed uh, Virginia Venet. And then this is where it gets hard. It wasn't hard before because it was going to be easy to just. Yeah, but, but now you're hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now I got to think with my penis. Prenus. Prenus. My penis. <laughs> OK, so then I'm going to bed. I mean, I'm going to bed Grandma Gilmore and I'm going to behead Bob Barker. That's all, the only logical thing. If I was going to wed one, it was going to be Bob Barker and I was going to kill Grandma Gilmore. Because Bob Barker's about to die, and he's probably got a lot of money. He's so. got a ton of money. I am so happy that we have our most sociopathic friend on to ask this question <laughs> to. <laughs> I'll Anna Nicole Smith the shit out of him. I'm definitely marrying Bob Barker. I think those are the right answers. The last question we have is from Matt Cow, and he asks, more tells, very demanding, Matt. He says, describe your happy place. Wow. Aggressive. I, I did the yelling part, but I'd imagine Matt would have screamed. That's implied, yeah. Screamed. I mean, my personal happy place is, you know, Virginia Bennett comes up with the two beer pitchers, and she's wearing, like, that lingerie. It's all clipped up up top, and you can see just enough skin yeah. that it shows off, but you also got to use your imagination. Mm-hmm. Mine's that, but with Matt Cowan. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. My happy place is Chubbs wearing that same outfit, playing <laughs> We've Only Just Begun on the piano with a little man riding a stick horse yeah. in the background. Yeah. It's a very, you've barely replaced things, but you replaced enough. <laughs> My happy to place. Make it perfect. It's, it's exactly the same as it is in the movie, except. But the, better. Except the, the tiny cowboy and Virginia are switched places. <laughs> Virginia's not even in it. <laughs> Chubbs is wearing that outfit. Were you even listening to me? No, I said Animal. mine's the same as it is in the movie. Oh, never mind. Never mind. 
<laughs> yeah. Wait, okay, so quick question. Picture this. In that world, are you switching their places and they keep their original size, or are you making Virginia <laughs> small and making him big? No, nah, they, they keep the original size. Okay. Oompa Loompa, keep him on the tour. He's bringing in high ratings. Don't you want more? <laughs> oh, that was good. Everybody, thank you so, 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 so much for all your questions. There's so many. We missed some. I'm so sorry. It's what happens when too many people write in. Thanks for your engagement. Sean, thank you, thank you, thank you for bearing us this movie. Thank you for coming on. Where can everybody find you? No, thank you guys for having me on. Legitimately, this is my favorite movie of all time. So it was really uh, it was really awesome to be able to talk to you guys about this. Uh, you guys can find me um, over on, on Twitter, Sean N-T, S-H-A-U-N-N-T. Uh, or you can find me uh, talking weekly with uh, my buddy Kyle on Experience Grind. Hey! Hi! That's not me. That's Kyle. Right. That's correct. That was like two Kyles. You're... Let's go, boys. Yeah, let's go, boys. (laughs) Washing my damn hands. Sean, thank you. Brian, you got anything else? I got nothing else. Fantastic. We're going to see everybody next week for The Prestige. See you then. I know a series of movies about magic that Brian would hate talking about one day. See you next week for The Prestige.